0: The Mom Hour is brought to you by The Essential Calendar. Sarah, this is our favorite calendar for busy moms because its beautiful and simple design shows around three months at a time.
1: Yeah, and with summer fast approaching, now is a great time to get The Essential Calendar and see what I've been raving about all these years. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. Hi,
0: I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour.
1: Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 365 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers, here with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan.
0: Hey Sarah.
1: Well, it's May, the lusty month of May. Did you catch that reference there?
0: I I got it. I was really wanting one of us to do It's gonna be May, um the Justin Timberlake thing, but I miss it every yeah. single year. So. Yeah. Oh well.
1: I saw like a Britney version where people were like Justin's getting all the credit, so it was going to be what's the Britney song just so typically May. <laughs> Yeah, here we are. Okay, well, everyone, we are talking about end of school in case you have no idea what we're talking about. May, as I like to call it, May Madness. I realized, Megan, this is a good follow up to last Tuesday's episode in case you missed it because we actually talked about our own kids in that episode and what they're all up to and into. And today we are just bantering and ranting a bit about the end of school, which is both about our kids and what they're up to. And spoiler alert, they have performances and plays and graduations and all the things. But then also with May, very much how we experience a busy season as moms um, and how we how we cope when things get super duper busy. Um, this is a topic we return to almost every year because it always feels challenging and fun. Things to be fun and challenging at the same time. Um, so that's the plan for today.
0: Yeah. And it's always fun and challenging in a different way. Like. I'm just thinking when I think back to like the last time we had truly a normal May, it's been a bit, right? It's been a minute. But like the stages that my kids were in made that May hard and weird and busy in a very different way than this year is. So even from year to year, it changes. Yeah.
1: And I'm glad you brought that up because I did kind of want to start by, first of all, just acknowledging that if you are a mom newer to school age stuff, like, maybe your kids are like in preschool and kinder or first grade, you kind of are, this may, this may may be a rude awakening because of what the pandemic journey has been for families in different parts of the country. So I personally just kind of looked back to break this down and I thought it'd kind of be fun to go through it. So Megan, I, for me, the last normal, normal, the normal chaotic may um, of 2019, I had a kindergartner, a third grader and a fifth grader. They were all attending the same school, which was like that year was when that unlocked. It was amazing. Mm. And we were living in Orange County. So that 2019 was the last time truly, I think we had like a really busy end of school. And then 2020, everyone will recall. So my kids were first, fourth and sixth when COVID hit, they were still at that school, but they were completely remote my first grader didn't even go to remote school because that was that spring of 2020. And it was like optional. I remember right. I took them all to the Dairy Queen drive through on the last day, like, quote unquote, last day of school. But it was like deep in the shutdown. There was no there was nothing like there was no um, there were no like end of year projects or no. we weren't seeing anybody. It was very weird. We had to go pick up all of our art from the classroom at some point. But I almost feel like that was in the summer. It was very strange. Yes, And then 2021, we had moved to Santa Barbara, which everybody knows was like a COVID thing that hadn't been in the grand plan. So 2021, last year, I had second, fifth, and seventh graders living in Santa Barbara, two different schools. They were all in person for school last year, but the big difference of last year was there was nothing extra. So when we get into today's episode and we're talking about performances and concerts and end of your parties and all the things there was nothing last year other than in-person school. So I was very grateful. They were in-person school, but like without any of the frills. Like I remember we got a video of a violin performance that had been videoed outside at school with masks on, but parents weren't on campus. There was no volunteering. Um, so yeah, it was like, it was starting to feel like things were moving in the right direction last spring, but very controlled with a ton of mitigation. If we were like, if we were going anywhere. Um, and then this year I have third, sixth and eighth graders, same two schools as last year. And as we will get into today, I feel like all the things are happening. I've been volunteering on mm-hmm. campus. Um, my kids are going on trips, like like you know, trips with school, like overnight, um, or in plays and theater. So this May feels like like the 2019 version, but I, it took me a minute to kind of trace that trajectory, and I, I thought it was kind of interesting.
0: You know, while you're talking about this, I'm thinking about how, well, and I can just kind of go down my list too. but, like Clara being my last elementary school kid who would have had her last elementary school, May, but she didn't right? because she was right. a fifth grader and during the early pandemic, um, I don't really know now. it's like it would be different anyway because I don't have an elementary school kid anymore, so everything is already mm-hmm. different, and it's kind of hard sometimes to figure out like exactly what it would be like, what it would have been like yeah. um, if not for the pandemic. So yeah, for me, like 2019 was normal. My kids were in fourth, seventh and ninth grades. Um, 2020 was completely abnormal, like shut down. Um, right. It, it was like a normal year until it just wasn't. And And my memory of it is like, there was all the early scramble, like, you know, I had a big whiteboard on the wall and I was trying to keep the kids on track with virtual schooling. (laughs) And like, it was very aspirational. And like for a little while we were kind of all in and then it was sort of just over. It's almost like everybody just gave up. I remember having calls with, um, Clara and Owen both had success coaches in school. That might actually, that might've been the second year that may have been when they were doing virtual. But at some point there was like a adult assigned to them to like, make sure they were keeping up with stuff, but wasn't a teacher. It was just like, um, somebody like they had hired on a contract basis Mm -hmm. and having these meetings where my kids would just be like, I don't know what's going on. Like (laughs) what's happening. Mm -hmm. And the success coach was like, yeah, well, I can't really help you with that anyway. Keep up the good work. And we'd get (laughs) off and I was like, what is safe? Wash your hands. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Don't touch your face. So, yeah. So that year it was just done. And then the spring, there was like early COVID spring. So like, you know, March into April, that was like the flurry of activity. I feel like by May, it was already summer here. Like we had just given up, Like I don't really remember. Mm. There was weird things like um, driving through. Clara had like a little drive through graduation where we Mm. went We drove through like a um, wasn't even like a ceremony because you could go whenever you wanted. And it was truly just stop by. But we like we went and there was a line of teachers in this little round parking lot thing. And we drove from teacher to teacher and they like handed us papers she'd left in school. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was kind of like the cleaning out of the cubbies. Um, And we're just like waving from the car. And I just got back and cried. It was it was like. Yeah. That was it. Like that was my baby graduating from elementary school, which was a huge part of my life for so long. And we didn't do any of the stuff like the picnic and the bat, uh, the baseball or softball game at the end of the season, which is like the fifth graders play the teachers and all mm-hmm. of that was just done or concert was canceled and all of it. So um, I just don't think I've really dealt like I don't think I've really processed that yet. <laughs> Honestly, And it's mm-hmm. been two years. So then 2021, the kids were in person, but I, I just don't really have a great memory of last year. I was trying to remember if it was last year or the year before that I, um, directed that zoom musical. Do you remember that debacle?
1: Oh, I think that was last year.
0: That's what I thought too.
1: If we're talking in school years, I think your kids were like virtual on and off for a lot of it, but then you, you busted the doors down and put them in person. And probably like mine, they just didn't have a lot of extras.
0: By May of last year, my kids were definitely in person in school. um, And William did swim. He actually swam um, 2020 into 2021. And I did go to a few meets. I don't like swim meets anyway. I always find them unpleasant and hot. And like, I don't like to talk to other parents in those environments anyway. So that didn't feel very different to me, except everyone was masked. But other than that, like my kids didn't do a whole lot. But again, middle and high schoolers. I just don't know how much they would have been doing. Um, but yes, I'm pretty sure that, that that Zoom musical that I directed was last May. I'm pretty sure last May we were deep mm-hmm. into the rehearsals. And so it's just, it's striking to realize how different things were. We were not mm-hmm. gathering. Um, we didn't get the kids together all at the same time. Like they would come yeah. in to do the recording in, in like groups of one or two, but even the two wouldn't be together. We would record it all separately. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, and now here we are and everything's normal. Like this year has been really normal. There was football games. They felt very normal. Um, you know, Clara had like four orchestra concerts. They felt very normal besides masking. And honestly, it was really hard for me to get used to that and back into the routine and rhythm of it. I am really glad that for whatever reason, our May does not have a lot of that kind of stuff. So it seems like it happened for me earlier this year, but, oh yeah, but there's still a lot, there's still plenty, right? There's just not, there's not like performances and parties and things like that.
1: Well, in a way that is probably because things were allowed to move forward in a semi-normal way throughout this 2021 to 2022 school year. So we're not trying to like cram a whole bunch. Although as we will get into, I am feeling like there's just, but I do have a graduating sixth grader this year. I have some different things though. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Okay, so we did the little, the quick recap. Megan, what are the biggest events for your family this year, 2022, for this end of school season?
0: Yeah. I mean, by far the biggest thing is the fact that William is a senior. So, um, you know, he had two proms that he went to this month. Um, graduation itself is coming up. I'm planning his graduation party. I'm kind of out of practice for all this stuff. Um, (laughs) and, and also the, the really tough thing about senior year stuff is most of it is driven by the kid himself. I mean, I'm not really managing his prom life except when, he comes to me at three o'clock on the day of prom. And I said, Hey, did you get your girlfriend a corsage? And then he looks blankly at me, like things like that. I feel like I have to weigh in, but it's not really my bag, you know? So it's a lot of me kind of letting him do it. And then stepping in when I realize he's forgetting things, um, a lot of like tests and things for him. Plus he's getting ready for college, which is a whole thing. Like there's just a lot of, there's like a big flurry of activity around will right now. um, Owen is hugely focused on academics right now. So he's constantly talking about his grades and checking his grades. And um, I feel like there's been a lot of testing. Like the kids all had, they had two different standardized tests um, in the last few weeks, maybe not in May, but like just pretty recently, they had one that their teachers told them doesn't matter. (laughs) And then one that does matter. uh, And I won't name the one that matters versus doesn't matter. And nor do I know why the teachers think one matters and the other one doesn't. Anyway that's been something like that's been on the radar that we need to know about Clara's stuff has really felt like it's wound down since her last orchestra concert was, which was in I believe April. So I'm really grateful for that. Like she really like, I'm not getting that onslaught of emails for her, um, except for just like reminders from the school. Like, you know, this event's coming up or that event, but she's not really in any of those. So it's like, I just give them a cursory glance and then go, Nope, not, doesn't apply to us. And then they move on. Right. What about you? Okay.
1: So for us, I do not feel like things wrapped up in April, although we had several things happen in April already that like didn't even make this list. Like Reed went to, um, an overnight camp with like sixth grade science camp. So where we are sixth grade is still is the last year of elementary school. So he's having a lot of that, uh, sixth grade milestone stuff. Um, Like he went away to camp and now he is in his sixth grade musical, which is a big tradition at (laughs) his school. And he has a pretty big part. He has some singing and acting solos. And I volunteered to help with costumes for that, which overall has been really fun and a good volunteer fit for me. But as we'll get into later, it's like even with my very cautious approach to taking on things like that, every little thing adds up. So he's in the play. I'm volunteering for it. Violet and I are going to Kansas city at the end of this month to see my sister and her three babies, including a nephew I haven't even met yet, who was born in January. And I'm bringing Violet with me, taking her out of school for a couple of days. Um, that is not typical for us to add like a, a random trip in May. I guess you and I sometimes travel for work in early May, but it's usually the very beginning of the month. So that's going to yeah. add just the, um, the everything that gets added when mom's out of town for a few days. It's like I can't even exactly put a finger on it, but it just adds logistical complications. And then Brian has also been traveling a lot more for work. So we've had quite a bit of work travel. Um, Luke goes on an end of year trip with school and, and the middle school where we are actually does a lot of camping, backpacking and biking trips. It's kind of their thing. So we're getting more used to these trips. But the end of year trip is a long one. It's like 11 days. And it includes a lot of packing. It's the packing that is um, from the mom perspective. It's the packing that is crazy. Um, And so there's a big push to get ready for that. Reed will graduate from sixth grade, which um, we like this school. We've only been at this school for two years. I don't think and it's sixth grade graduation. It's not I think there are some traditions and some sentimentality around it for a lot of people. But because this this whole move and our like landing where we landed Was relatively recently. I'm not like we're not doing a whole bunch, but it is. It's still a graduation. Um, and then two of my kids have birthdays at the very end of April and very beginning of June. So like May is always like right between two birthdays. Um, and then yeah, like I said, we've already had some stuff that's already behind us. Like read sixth grade camp. Violet had a little music performance at school. Um, so it has felt like May started about April 10th and is still going over here. Okay. So I thought maybe let's make it about us right now. Megan. enough about the kids. I thought we could give give some examples of just what this feels like in our, in our inboxes, in our, in our daily lives, in this season of motherhood. I know we have a lot of listeners um, whose kids are younger, maybe at the very beginning of this like school life. And by the way, it's not all bad and stressful. A lot of it's really fun. And like you said, with Clara's graduation, it's, it's meaningful and it matters. So I don't want this episode to come across like we're just complaining about May. We're just acknowledging that May brings a whole lot of extra. So what does that extra Ness look like, like practically, and then also like, what does it feel like to us and how do we typically deal with it? I'll jump in first here. Um, It feels and looks like a lot of emails right now from, um, two different schools and a couple different extracurriculars, namely the theater, um, the outside of school theater thing that Luke is doing right now. And it's like a lot of of separate emails. And so it's like, I wish there could be like a digest, like a weekly digest of like, here's all the things you needed to read this week. And like, here's all the forms you need to fill out. But that's not the way the world works. And the, and the people sending these emails are also probably hardworking, working moms. So it's like, but it's like, oh, could you fill out this end of your survey? Oh, we, could you send in photos for this slideshow? Like there's a it's just that we always say death by a thousand cuts, but it really is the quantity and the uptick in the amount of requests, very small requests, things that might take two minutes to take care of. But when you times that by 20, um, there's also a few things that are still TBD. And that is driving me a little bonkers right now. Like there is a theater workshop performance. That I still that is this coming week as we record this, and I still don't know which night Tuesday or Wednesday my kid is performing. And I'm like, okay, come on, guys. Um, I know, I know, that's I unacceptable, like unacceptable. Honestly,
0: but there's <laughs> like four not, days. I mean,
1: come and on. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like, are you on the Tuesday? And, and this is a smaller. It's like a work. It's like one of those like um. It's like an actor's workshop. It's not a big production, but I still want to go see him. And it's like, is it Tuesday? Is it Wednesday? Or is it both? Like that's all I want to know. Um. Um, and then just the little things like, Oh my, by the way, mom, I have to go to school early on these two days next week. It's, so it's all those little small changes to schedule, which we know is probably a thing for me. I'm definitely noticing more projects and tests for the older two. And that is kind of newer as they age up. They they manage that on their own, but I'm definitely noticing more homework and more, a little more academic stress, especially for my eighth grader. And then like how i field it all and how I deal with it is like, I feel like I pay attention the first time it comes in and I'm sort of vaguely aware of it, but then I have to sit down at like at least once a week and just go through all those emails one more time and like click the links that I was supposed to click the first time and fill out the survey I was supposed to fill out the first time. But I I think in May, I should really be doing that like two or three times a week. And realistically, it's like once. So how about you?
0: Well, Sarah, first I have to ask you a question because I know that you and I have a very different approach to whether we are rule followers or not. Okay. But Mm. how out of character would it be for you to just ignore an email, to just not take the survey ever, delete it, pretend it didn't ever happen. Just curious.
1: (laughs) Well, um, it would be pretty out of character. I like, if there's, if there's something that I know is like, helpful. And I know you're the Enneagram too, but in this case, like if there's something that I feel like I'm responsible for, I am unlikely to ignore it. I am increasingly likely to leave it till the very last minute or even overdue. Um, and I ignore plenty of, I ignore plenty of opportunities that, um, no one's expecting of me. So like, Oh, would you like to send in something for this potluck? Or would you like to sign up to help with this? Like, nope, nope, nope. I'm really, I'm actually really, really good at not opting into a lot of those things. But once I'm in a system or once something is expected of me, I am unlikely to ignore it.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I get what you mean. So if you're, if, if there's an expectation that you're going to do this, because you said you would as part of this situation, or you've opted in for a group or something. I can see that. I will say one thing that I will just briefly complain about before I um, (laughs) talk about other things, specifics. This is just a more general complaint. A few years ago, our district switched to like a new communication system and it's better than it used to be because it used to be like a lot of reply alls and like, you know, like Mm. email, like just emails going out to a million people at once and like I don't know what the problem is that people can't figure out how to use BCC, but I've given up that. I mean, it's 2022. If people don't know how to use blind carbon <laughs> copy yet, then there's just no hope, I guess. But anyway, it's better than that. It's automated and it it's more of a, a streamlined communication medium, I would say. But like some of the emails have the most unhelpful subject lines or the, the body of the email itself is super unhelpful. like. So the, the body of the or the subject line will be, it'll say like updates from St. Joe high school. And then I open the email and it says, click this link to read updates from St. Joe high school. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this doesn't tell me anything. And then I have to click another link. And then it takes me like to a blog post that has every possible update. Most of which are not relevant to me. And I'm like, so why couldn't an email just say, you know, like all the relevant information that needed to happen? Um. Plus, you know, I I have high schoolers, so I'm on um Justin. You know, Justin's the ring oh, cap and gown. Yeah. Still the same, same all. I know, same thing, right? Same, same. They've been around. They're an institution. But like, there, I get the emails, and I'm like, I don't know which kid this is for. I don't know if I'm supposed to do something oh. or if I'm just being marketed to. It's really annoying, honestly. Like really, really annoying because I don't actually know if it's something I have to take action on or if it's just more clutter and e marketing. Um, so there's stuff like that. And there's a lot of things like that. There's a lot of messages I get from the kids' schools where I honestly don't know if it applies to me. And I have two kids in the same school. And so I'll open something and not even know which kid it's talking about sometimes. It'll just say like your student, blah, right. blah, blah. I'm like, I have two students at that school. Which one? And so there's a lot of that sort of thing. So that's just like a general, I guess, complaint. Um more specifically, and less just complaining, I will say like, I'm hearing a lot from the guidance counselors. One of my kids is doing amazingly in school. One's not doing so amazingly in school. Um, so I'm hearing from sometimes the same guidance counselor about one or the other, which is always interesting. Um, my kids are doing schools of choice right now. So that just means we have to like apply for them to go to Joe over year because we moved out of the district. So I really had to resubmit that app, even though I know for sure they're going to get in. I had to resubmit the application it's just like a formality but I had to do that. That was just like another thing. Um I had a meeting with with the guidance counselor to talk about Owen's um college plans and like just making sure he's taking all the right classes and I was a little confused about dual enrollment versus direct enrollment and like AP versus honors. I I'm I mean this many kids in and I'm st- I still find all that stuff kind of confusing and like what it actually like what's the upshot? Like what do we need to do, right? So I thought that the meeting was hilarious because it was Owen and I and the guidance counselor. And literally the reason to have the meeting was just so the guidance counselor could say things in front of both of us. So I could look Owen in the eye and say, did you hear that? And have him go, yep. And I'd say, okay, (laughs) see, I was right. And that's what I felt like the whole time because he would come home and be like, I don't know, mom, it's too late. I can't sign up for direct um, enrollment for the fall because... I missed the test. I'm like, no, no, no. The test is in the fall. You have to like place in It's like you take a a placement test and then you get college credit for this class. Right. And so he's like, I missed it. I said, no, that happens in the fall. He's like, no, I'm pretty sure I missed it. And so finally I said, you know what? We're just going to sit down with your guidance counselor and I'm going to rattle off all of the the misconceptions you have and I'm going to have her correct them. And then we're going to hear her together. And then we're not and then we're going to understand that mom was (laughs) right. So it turned out I was right. And that was really funny. Um, I just got a letter, a mailed letter from the school that said she had 125 absences this year. <laughs> I had a heart attack <laughs> because I was like, that's literally not possible. Right. So
1: there's like 180 days in the school year. Sorry. I, that's exactly, I know.
0: I was like, that's not wait. And so Claire and I are trying to do the math and we're like, this can't be so I emailed her principal and just said, I don't actually think this is possible. I I don't help me. And so then I get a call from the principal and he just like left me a voicemail and it was like, um, okay, so it's not per day. Those are 125 class periods. And then so Claire and I did the math and actually it doesn't take that many days to add up to that. But what I didn't realize is that any absence that she doesn't have like a doctor's note for. Um, is not excused. So she did have 125 class periods that she was mm. absent from, and and it was unexcused. So I think it was because she was out of school for like three weeks because she had COVID, and then she was exposed to COVID, and she was exposed again. Yeah, it was in that
1: Omicron, like... Yeah, craziness. In fact,
0: I think that happened twice. It happened this year, like it happened um, in January or February, and then it happened also in the fall, where she like missed multiple weeks of school because of like quarantining. The funny thing is, quarantining or having a positive test does not get you off the hook as far as it being like an Mm. absence. So anyway, the letter was vaguely threatening and said that you know the Truancy Police could come get me and stuff. And her principal said, "I just." He said, we're required by law to send those letters. And I held off as long as I could, which I thought was an interesting way to put it. Um, But he's like, don't worry about it. She's doing fine in school. And we know like we know she was out for legitimate reasons. But I thought, Mm. you know, like a little post-it on that letter would have been nice. Like (laughs) smiley face. JK. Like (laughs) smiley face. Don't worry. Or like. So anyway, I had a whole like my kids and I had this whole funny conversation where I was like, no, but. She's excused because I called her in and excused her. And they're like, doesn't count mom. She's not excused. But I'm like, but I'm the mom and I excused her. I've done it. I deem her excused. And apparently as far as the state goes, it does not work that way. So kind of funny anyway. um, So yeah, I guess there's been more than I thought. It, there's just been a lot. It's like drinking from a fire hose sometimes. And I have noticed that um, my school is getting a lot better about doing things by email. That's new. Like just a few years ago, there was very few um, forums you could submit. Like a lot of that was still hard copy. And now you can do a lot of it via email. I also want to give a plug for the Adobe scan app, which Sarah, you turned me on to like, I don't know, just like a few months ago. And it is life changing. Um, I will let you, t- you talk about the Adobe scan app, but I can't take the credit for this one.
1: Oh yeah. And there's probably others like it. I think Brian in the early pandemic times, Brian turned me onto Adobe scan. Um, we have a printer scanner at home that I used a lot, like in our old house in orange County. I mean, I was firing up the scanner on our home printer quite a bit and it wasn't too bad. I would just put something on the scanner and then it went to my computer, but Adobe scan is an app on your phone and you take a photo of the document and it it makes that photo very document readable. Like it, it knows how to like adjust the resolution or like the contrast. So that it really looks like a scan of a document, not just like a picture of a piece of paper. It crops it all nicely. And then from there, you can send it directly to people. You can, I usually airdrop it to my computer because I really prefer to do things from my computer, but um, it's very handy. You can do multiple pages and combine them. It's a very handy little app. And I believe it's free. Does that sound right,
0: Megan? Yeah, no, my version is free. For sure. I think you there's a limit, I think, on how many I can do in a month or something. Um, And I think there's also a time limit for how long that if you share it via like an email link, I think that it expires after a while. But I've had other methods, you know, on my phone where I could take a photo of something and technically turn it into a PDF, which I could then technically send as a scan. But the quality wasn't as good. And the ability to airdrop is huge because I used to email myself stuff which probably I could have mm-hmm. airdropped to begin with all the time. And that's something I really just got used to doing in the last year or so, but it's just so easy. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have this mm-hmm. like scan quality, um, copy of this thing. I'm just going to shoot it off to the teacher. So that's been great. And I just want to quickly, um, for people who are newer listeners or don't remember this little hack, I just want to share this hack again. Cause I think it's so worth it. If you have multiple kids who, and this is usually more of a, um, Beginning of the school year thing, but there are sometimes things you have to fill out. I'm thinking of that schools of choice form for me, or sometimes yeah, you have to update camps. like health records, camps, things like that. Yeah, so if you have multiple kids and you have to fill out the same form for multiple kids, fill out one time all the stuff that's shared to all your kids. So maybe it's last name, address, um, doctor information. Like the, I've always health insurance information. I've always got some things for my kids that are the same for all of them. Then make copies of that version and then just Mm -hmm. fill in the remaining information. So first name, birth date, et cetera, et cetera. I think I figured out that hack when I still had five kids at school.
1: Can I tell you that I think of you every time and I still haven't done it yet. I'm always like, maybe because I only have three and maybe I'm only filling out two and it seems like not that big a deal, but I'm always like, dang it, Megan was right. Why am I (laughs) filling out? it's the doctor info and insurance. that's like so annoying. And I'm like, I should have done the Megan thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So funny. Well, Well, okay. So we've talked a lot about our specific families and what's going on. I was wondering if there's anything like a little bit more generally that you feel warm and fuzzy and really happy to see happening this spring that maybe wasn't happening for a couple of years.
0: Yeah. And I mean, hopefully this isn't controversial. I'm really just happy to see kids unmasked and being themselves and hanging out in groups. Um, I was never like, I I never had um, any kind of opinion when it was generally accepted that the safest thing to do was for kids to be masked. I was like, well, if that's the, if that's the consensus, then that's what we do. And I never had a problem with it. It was never something that really bothered me or that I put too much emphasis on, but it is nice now when I like go into the school for any reason, just to see kids walking around with their faces out. Like, I like that. I like the last concert. The last orchestra concert, I think, was the only one where the kids were unmasked. And Clara wore her mask. And I think I told you that she forgot. She like said she put it on and then thought it would be too dramatic to take it off during the concert. So she wore it the whole time, which I just thought was so funny. Like, like, why would it be dramatic? Like would people be watching in the audience, like, did you see that girl in her dramatic that girl rip off her mask <laughs> exactly, but I just I've liked seeing their faces again. That's all I just it makes me happy, and I do see you know we're not doing a lot of extracurriculars um right and and not for any particular reason, except none of my kids are that into that many things right now, like they're all have like their one thing um but I just have seen a lot like they just seem to be doing normal kid stuff again in a way that they weren't six months ago. Definitely weren't a year ago. So that makes me happy. Yeah. How about you?
1: I agree. Yeah, I'll, I will co-sign that. It's what I am observing that feels nice is some of the weirdness about getting a little closer back to normal even f- appears to have fallen away. So like not only are kids able to have a birthday party or go to a birthday party or whatever, but I, I'm finding that parents are less skittish about it. And I know everyone is still making decisions based on their like personal risk tolerance. And that is still great, but I just feel there's like, um, a little bit of a relaxing both in myself and my family, but also in the larger community that I'm just agreeing with you. It feels, feels nice for right now. Things may change. Um, but specifically singing and acting and performing. It's kind of funny. Like my kids have gotten into those things at the same time that they have become allowed again. So it's like we went from zero for two years to like a lot. Luke is doing theater outside of school. Reed is doing a play inside of school. Violet had a, like a little sing thing at school. And you know, you and I are the same with this, like seeing children singing seeing teenagers performing is like one of life's greatest joys. So like, I'm just, I can't get enough of it. It is requiring a lot of forms, a lot of forms to fill out, a lot of driving around, um, but it feels really, really good. And I, I think with this graduation uh, season coming up, you'll probably get to see some speeches and some, just like these, these kids and, and crowds coming together to support them in doing a thing on a stage. It feels really, really good to me.
0: I want to share really quick that there's um, my neighborhood hangout. It's the restaurant that it's called the Lake house and it's the restaurant that's closest to my old house. And it's the place where I always get together with my brother and with Jenna and our kids both work there. So Will works there and Jack works there. So their son, Jack, and then um, Owen is maybe trying to slide in there. I'm not sure how much he's going to love food service, but we'll see. And I went there last night and one of the boys who was our, uh, he wasn't bartending last year. I can't remember if he was serving or bu- one of the bus busters or whatever that worked with Will and became buddies with Will's. kid's name is Lucas um, and went off to college in the fall and then is back now. And I got like choked up when I saw him because I was like, oh my gosh, first of all, it's the first time I've seen his whole face because last yeah. fall when he went off to college, the kids were all masked. But also like, it was just so fun to hear him talk about his first year of college and how fun it was and like all the things he did. I mean, I was like that mom. So I was sitting there with my brother getting all choked up, talking to this like 18 year old kid. He's probably 19 now. Um, Tell me about his first year of, of college. And it sounds like he just had a great time and it was very normal. And it just made me really happy. Really, really happy.
1: Yeah. I love that story very much.
0: Sarah, we're welcoming our sponsor Element. That's spelled L-M-N-T, a zero sugar electrolyte drink that leans on current science about what our bodies really need in order to deliver the most effective hydration possible. You know, Sarah, Eric is really into keeping up with health research, and he's been insisting to me for years that we actually need more salt to stay hydrated. Turns out Element agrees because they've developed their product based on a growing body of research that shows that for optimal health outcomes, we actually need to be taking in sodium levels at two to three times government recommendations. That's a big difference.
1: Yeah, it really is, Megan. And, you know, electrolyte deficiency or imbalances can cause headaches, cramps, fatigue, brain fog, and weakness. I know I can feel really rotten when I'm dehydrated. And also, I don't love the taste of plain water, so I'm not that great about drinking it. Element makes a huge difference in how much I'm enjoying my hydration and in how I feel, and it's super easy to fit it into my daily routine. My favorite flavor of Element is the grapefruit. But if that's not for you, we're going to get you set up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite Element flavor. Plus, Element has a no-questions-asked refund policy. You don't even have to send the product back to get your refund.
0: Yeah, you can receive a free Element sample pack containing one packet of eight flavors. So you'll get eight total packets free with any order when you purchase through our custom URL. That's drinkelement.com slash momhour, D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and it's available for both new and returning customers. To get that offer, again, go to drinkelement.com slash momhour.
1: All right, Megan. Well, much like the holiday season, in some ways May reminds me of like the way we talk about impending holiday craziness. There's some similarities. There's actually a funny meme that's like December It's like December but without <laughs> all the presents, which I thought is kind of funny. Um So it comes around every year. We've been moms for a gazillion years. And yet here we are talking again about how it's a little bit of a crazy train. So is there a lesson that may tries to teach you every dang year, but you keep having to learn it?
0: I've got two. One is, um, the weather is going to be weird where I'm at. Um, I know that's not necessarily the case in Southern or Central California, but the weather is always going to be weird. And there's not really a good way to plan around that. So May is not a great time to plan. um, I don't know, like a big outdoor party here or something like Mm -hmm. that. And and sometimes you have to, like sometimes there's no getting around it. But I purposely scheduled Will's graduation party for the end of June because I was like, well, by the end of June, you can pretty much count on some some nice weather. It may rain but it's not going to swing wildly from like 40 degrees to 80 in a week. Right. So this, this last three days have been 87 to 90 degrees here. Wow. Last week it was 50, between 55 and 60. <laughs> um, today, as we're recording this, it's 67 and I think tomorrow it's going to be 62. So it's like all over the place. And and the, the, um, the forecast will change hour by hour. So waking up this morning, I was very much convinced it was going to rain all afternoon. And then no rain ever came. And like, I would look at the, my weather app and go, Oh, the rain's gone. And I look at it again. I'm like, Oh no, it's back. And then I look at it again. Nope. It's gone again. <laughs> and finally there was like a minute of drizzle. And then that was it. And I think that's all the rain will get. So I just, it's, it's not a good time to count on weather to be the thing that drives really any decision. So there's that. And then I just wrote, don't try to go anywhere, you dummy. And I'm sorry, Sarah, that you're going someplace. <laughs> I'm not calling you a dummy, but I, I, I do am, agree I'm a that- dummy. <laughs> you're t- well, I mean, yes, you and I have gone, have traveled for work m- multiple times the first week of May. Yeah. Um, That's very different from trying to do it in mid or late May. And like the the further you get into the month, the harder it gets. And it's just, there's always going to be a reason you wish you hadn't. Like there's, there's something's Mm going to come up or your life is just going to feel so full or your calendar is just going to feel too full or just like the email influx is going to feel too full. So for me, like, just don't, just don't do, this is not the time to plan just like an impromptu trip that you don't have to do except for when you, when it is the time, like it is for you. So I'm really glad you're going.
1: No, I, I think it's a good, it is a good lesson and some rules are made to be broken. So True. I guess that's what I have to say about that. I hear what you're saying because anything that needs to be rescheduled or changed because of weather, it puts you in that over the top, like you already are at capacity. So if now you have to find a rain solution for a birthday party or something like that, right. it's just too much. And I think that's mm-hmm. one of the, one of the lessons that ties into mine. Um, well, one of mine that I really feel like this is an actionable thing I really could learn. Maybe I'm close to learning it. May is not the month for anything that could be scheduled another time. So the things I wrote down is like orthodontist appointments, dentist appointments, checkups, car service, getting your oil changed, um, having a plumber out to the house to look at that thing that, of course, if it's an emergent issue, including kids teeth or your plumbing or your car, I mean, get it taken care of. But I, because I'm a little bit of a productivity junkie, I often operate under the soonest available time I can get this over with is the best, and so I go through life like that. And then I end up with things on my calendar, and I'm like, this does not need to be here. Like this is a fine thing to happen in the second half of June. So that is a that is a lesson that maybe I am slowly learning. Um, but it's often those are things that you schedule, you know, a few weeks in
0: advance, and you think, oh,
1: that week looks fine for a car service appointment. But you if it's in the month of May, just maybe think twice is the lesson that I'm learning.
0: I I like that. Yep.
1: (laughs) And another one that is, again, about calendar planning for me, we always talk about like putting in the big rocks first and then there's, you know, going to be pebbles and sand and water and that kind of that whole parable. Right. And I think I'm really good at the big rocks. Like I will take a school calendar that comes out and I will put in the graduations and the plays and the trips and, you know, the big things, the fundraisers. I didn't even mention that we have two school fundraisers tonight. We're not going to either of them, but like there's all these things this this time of year. So I think I put in the big rocks and I kind of feel like I'm done. And then what happens is the little things come up. You're surprised. You're like, wait, what? I did the work. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. That's exactly how I feel. I think, wait a second, I did this. I don't have room for anything else, and so I, it, the this lesson is a little bit more of a reframe. like it's good to put the big rocks in first. That does not mean there are not going to also be pebbles, sand, and water that come in in the month of May, and sometimes I get grumpy about it, and I really think that just requires a reframe like. I need to go into May knowing that will happen and that actually ties right back to the first rule, which is why I don't need to have dentist appointments and car service appointments on my calendar if avoidable in the month of May. Yeah. I love it. Well, do you have um like an intention you want to set for yourself as you look toward the last like 3 weeks of school this year?
0: Well, I would say that right now I actually think I'm doing a really good job of keeping things moving along. Um I think it's because of active management. So we talk about that on the show a lot, just like not thinking that there's a system that you can put in place and set it and forget it because there are times of life that that works. And then there are times of life like May and December where that just doesn't work because there's just too much, like there's no system you can create that will um, help you get in front of every eventuality because you don't really know what the, Particular blend of variables is going to mm-hmm. be this year. It changes every year, so there's just really no good way to do that, and it's so different from the rest of the year that it would almost be kind of dumb to do nothing but like create systems that for a month it only happens once, right So for me, the best strategy for busy times is just to stay on top of things and it's not exciting and fun it's not like a there's not a calendar system I have found that can help me solve May yeah. May is not solvable with the system. Um, I just keep doing the thing, like just show up and do a little a day. I have a hard time with that. I like projects. I like to do big things. Like I like big solutions that solve everything at once. I'm not as good at just putting my head down and showing up every day and doing a little bit, but that really is what keeps it manageable. So I actually think I'm doing a pretty good job of that this year. And I guess my intention would be just not to not fatigue, not to run out of steam, yeah. see it all the way through into June, because it will be until the kids are actually done with school. And for me, a little bit longer because of Will, um, I just have to keep showing up and doing the thing.
1: I love that. I love that self-awareness. And as you were talking, I was thinking another thing about you, in addition to the fact that you like big projects and novelty and things like that, you also don't really love when your time is not your own. And I would think that is a challenge in the month of May because so much that comes at us is like, you're a very f- efficient person with your time and you're really good at like figuring out when and how to do things. Like that's what makes you like a person who gets a ton done. But when other people are telling you like, please show up at one fifteen and park in this parking lot, <laughs> like I could see the inner rebel being like, yes. you're not going to tell me what to do all month long. So that yeah, that would require some discipline, I guess, is what I'm hearing you say, to just like acknowledge that that's the reality of this month and it will end and you can just keep showing up. Yeah. Well, for me, I guess my intention starts with a funny comment that my mom made. And my, my intention is more about my own attitude, which it often is um, kind of the best way for me to approach things. But my mom made a comment. So I was complaining about my work schedule, not my work schedule. I was complaining about thing, life interfering with my work schedule. This is a while ago, several weeks ago. And the point is my kids go to school five days a week from eight to three. And that's like, I don't know, 30 hours or something that I'm used to having. But it seems like every week or every other week, there's like a half day of school or somebody's home sick or there's something happens or I've volunteered to go do something. And then I'm looking at a 22 hour work week instead of a 30 hour work week. And my mom was like, maybe you should just not assume you're going to get the full five days all day, every day, every week. Because I don't remember how she said it, but I was like, yeah, but, but, but like that's my work week. Like those are the hours I really depend on. And so that leads to the reframe, which is busy and having extra things on my calendar doesn't necessarily equal being unhappy or overwhelmed and we talk a lot on this show about that reflexive mom emotion where like we remember what it felt like to be really really overwhelmed or to like have a a really chaotic house and so we reflexively go to that place when when there's even a hint that it might head in that direction and I think I do that with busy sometimes because I don't like to be busy and I like to have my like protected time I go right to that place of like oh this is too much. We've got too much going on. Like I'm not going to have enough time. And really sometimes busy is just busy. Sometimes you just have a busy month. And in fact, there is enough time for it all. There's plenty of time. So I think my intention is to remember that we can be busy and still be happy. We can be busy and Mm -hmm. I can still get my work done. We can be busy and still like have moments as a family where we're having dinner that busy doesn't necessarily equal bad.
0: I love this. And I think that it reminds me of some conversations we've had before about um, leaning in to the beginning of the school year busyness like that. Like, I think you and I talked about one year where maybe we both had kids sign up for a lot of things or maybe it was one or the other of us. And it was like we've just decided to just lean into it because it just was what it was. Now, the difference was it was the beginning of the year. So we had all that Mm -hmm. beginning of the school year energy, whereas I think we get to May and we it's the un, expectations not matching reality. Like we want it to be done. We're just ready to, for it to be over. We're running out of steam. We're not coming in with a full, you know, supply of brand new fuel. We're like, we're kind of puttering on fumes. And so our expectations get out of match. They're out of whack. And we just, we think we're less energized than we are. We think we have less left in the tank than we actually have. Um, but the work week thing is funny because I had a similar recently I had a kind of a similar revelation where I had been really good about protecting my time between like three 30 and, you know, like basically starting around three 30 or four every day and going through the end of the day. And part of that was because when we lived in, um, you know, right by the high school, the kids were walking in the door, even on the days they went to their dad's house, they were still coming to my house and I would be seeing them for like an hour or more every day. And so I just didn't want to be working during that hour. And then usually that would mean. Well, now the day's over and I'm winding down. So like I had this in my mind, the day's over, you know, like the kids came home. Now they're gone. I'm starting my evening. I am no longer working. And then one day I thought, well, I mean, that means like I can't count on that because that's like not even a five hour workday. Some days, (laughs) you know, there's not (laughs) like that's not enough time to work. And whether they're with me or not, at some point, they all go about their, if they're at their dads, they're not even in my house. Um, But even if they are in my house, they, you know, they're not hanging out with me all night anymore. There's a point where everyone's doing their own thing. And I've kind of now reclaimed some of my evening work time. And actually, I really like it. I like working in the evenings. Mm -hmm. I find that I have a little creative burst of energy between like 630 and eight someplace in there depending on like, you know, what's all going on. And uh, I usually can fit that in without too much trouble because the kids maybe are working on their own stuff or just hanging Mm -hmm. out together. And I like it. And it's like it buys me an extra five to seven or eight hours a week to work without it feeling like I'm trying to squish it into the times when it doesn't work. And like that three Mm o'clock to five o'clock time really doesn't work. Like, that's not a good time for me to be working. But there's definitely more time. I can carve out more time than I think, I guess is my point. And that yeah. really relates to what you just said. Absolutely.
1: Well, is there a an opportunity that you see in your kids to gain a life skill or learn a lesson from this particular school year or this particular crazy May? I know kids, kids had to learn a lot of life skills and a lot of coping skills and a lot. We actually talked about that a lot during the pandemic is like, the things our kids were learning whether they wanted to or not but now it's different now we're back to a pretty busy school life so um are there any kind of like kid lessons that you're hoping come out of this school year
0: i guess i would just say like if you looked from the beginning of the school year till the end the amount of change that the kids have had to accommodate is pretty breathtaking like it's it's easy to go like oh look at us now we're in may it's just kind of like a normal may look around like everything looks normal and um, now everyone needs to get used to being busy again. And that's the new thing. But if you really look at the ups and downs, it wasn't that long ago that my kids were out of school for weeks because of um, Omicron. And like there, it wasn't that long ago that they still weren't really sitting by other kids at the lunch table. Like the amount of change they've dealt with has been incredible. And I, I hope that the lesson there is like, not only flexibility, but optimism like that, you know, things can be really rough for a while, but that doesn't mean they'll stay that way. And that there's, there's something to look forward to that's different from that. So it's not really a a skill so much as just, I do think that there's some, there's been huge opportunities for growth. And I hope that now that we're in this stage, they're not going to recognize it. I don't think uh, in so many words. Like, I don't think they're going to outwardly like, wow, this year I really learned how to be accommodating of change. I don't see any of my kids saying that, but someplace in them it's like baked in now. And that's, I think really cool.
1: I think it's really cool. And you're right. It's not something they're going to be able to recognize now, but I think as adults, that's what we can, that's what we can offer is at least like recognizing that the environment is providing that opportunity for growth. And maybe they'll realize it someday. Maybe not. Um, Mine is a little convoluted. So I guess stick with me, but like we moved here almost two years ago now. So we are not new in town anymore. However, with the opening up and the return to busyness, I'm actually feeling our newness more acutely than when we first got here. Because when we first got here, school was online. Then it was in cohorts. There were no activities. There were no performances. There wasn't a lot of parent to parent, like get to know each other at a picnic or whatever. So I almost feel like as a family, we're having a little bit of a delayed experience of being relatively new in town. Reed, especially because he's graduating sixth grade, there's like, there's a lot of kids and a lot of families who are understandably feeling the nostalgia because they've been together for seven years. They're putting together a slideshow. These kids have all grown up together and we truly are plugging in midstream. He's been there for two school years, but the fifth grade school year was like, practically. I mean, they didn't yeah. even know anybody because they were all masked and cohorted and all that. So I think the life skill is really for all of us. It's for the kids. It's also for Brian and me is just recognizing that dissonance a little bit and allowing ourselves to feel the feel that fish out of water, feel that newness, but also plug into this community like midstream because that's, the, that's the, what we chose. And we're so happy we made that choice. I just think we're feeling it differently, which is interesting two years later. And we are building, we are building our own history here. We are making friendships. There are a couple of families where we're like, wow, we've been friends for two years, but it's a little humbling when you, when you thought you might be in a place where your kids were going to see kinder through 12th grade together. And everybody else is having that, like we've been together for so long. Um, it is different to come into that as, as a new, newer family.
0: Yeah. And it's also one of those things where it's hard to know, like again, how different, would where would you be now if things had been different? And when you got here, right. You just don't know, there's no way to know. And, and at some point you'll probably look back and be like, wow, we are just part of this community now. Like, when did that happen? And you won't know the moment that happened either. It's interesting.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, this was really fun. Hopefully listeners, um, you are surviving whatever may looks like in your households. We always love to hear from you. So find us on social or in the Facebook group. Email us hello at the dot And yeah, Megan, excited to uh, see out the rest of the school year from afar, cheering you guys on and Will and all of that.
0: Yeah, I will definitely be sharing more about that. Also, want to remind everyone to check out our sponsor, Auto Approve. While living costs are on the rise, auto loan rates are still historically low. So get more money for what matters most with Auto Approve. You can find out how much you can save on your monthly car payment at com mom hour. And a reminder that not only can Auto Approve save you thousands on your auto loan, but if you refinance through Auto Approve, they're going to send you $100. So again, check that out at autoapprove.com slash momhour.
1: Yes, definitely check that out. And coming up a little later this week, we have a Voices episode on Friday where I chat with two of our team members, Emily and Kia. Really important and really great conversation about postpartum mental health. And then on Sunday, Megan, you and I are back with just one of our fun product related more than mom episodes, pure fun and fluff, some products we are loving lately. So thanks for listening, everybody. We will talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Hey, everyone. Sarah here. Megan and I would absolutely love it if you hit pause right now, right where you're listening and left the mom hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, that's one of the absolute biggest ways you can thank us. And it really takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening in Apple podcasts, just navigate to the mom hours show listing. So not the episode you're listening to right now, but the kind of landing area for our show as a whole, and then scroll down to leave a rating or review. Thank you so much.
0: Sarah, I started a Substack last spring just kind of as an experiment. And it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life.
1: Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general.
0: You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom or listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's. M-E-A-G-A-N Francis